my friends, Pastor Daryl here, and you're uh, tuning in to Walk in Faith, Not in Fear, and I want to thank you for tuning in with me again today. Uh, let me open a word of prayer, and thought we'd take a few minutes and just talk a little bit about the good Lord. So, dear Lord God, again, give you praise, honor, and glory, and I thank you for this day. I thank you for using me. I thank you for the ability and the want and the desire you put upon my heart. I pray today, Lord God, that I might be able to bring forth a little word, a little encouragement, Lord God, maybe a little direction and guidance. I pray that out of everything done, said here today, it's of you and not me, and I pray that through this, we have the ability, you have the ability through me, Lord God, to maybe have somebody come uh, to know the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ, and I thank you for all, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, again, I wanted to read you something today. I was in here, and uh, like I said, I do this podcast in my office at the church. It's my, I always say, my sanctuary within the sanctuary. I was sitting here reading today, and I was looking in Romans, and uh, I love the book of Romans. Well, anyway, I was just kind of blowing through it here, and I come across some scripture, and then I keep a Bible in my office at the church. It's not the one that I study with or I carry with me or anything, but I keep one in here, and a lot of people are like, you writing your Bible? And yes, I do. I got notes all over it and different sermon points that I may have come across or put to or added to or highlighted that I would use, and I come across in Romans 7, I made some notes written in my uh, in my Bible here. Well, anyway, let me read you Romans 7, a little part of it, and then we'll, we'll talk about it for a minute, if you would. So I'm going to be Romans 7. I'm going to actually read you verses 18 through 24, just a few there. So let me read this. It says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will, the, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then the law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Wow. You know, you, you think about that. Uh, I'll tell you what. It gets me to realize that, 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 that there's this war going on, this global war, if you would, taking place all around us, all around the world, and, and, and we have no choice. We have to get involved. We are involved. See, what I mean by this is the war is between good and evil. See, my friends, whether we like it or not, we're involved because it is a battle between good and evil, which consists of satanic and heavenly forces, which are, well, actually are like fallen angels and demonic powers, if you would. Okay, well, anyway, Paul describes this in Ephesians 6 as principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, which are evil rulers and entities of the unseen world, okay? Have you ever heard the saying, your enemies will still be standing tall until all your idols fall? Hmm. Thinking of that led me to this. See, the battle we struggle with, the, the struggle is going on inside a person, but the world, the flesh, and the devil. And see, as I read this, Romans 7 there to you, in reading our text, it helps us to gain the picture of how Satan 
uses our own mind, how our own mind is used against us. Uh, you, you know, growing up, uh, it reminds me of these uh, story my dad used to tell me about uh, an old uh, Indian chief and his grandson on a reservation, and out into the desert there was two dogs fighting, and he was watching, and the little boy asked his grandpa, he said, Grandpa, what dog's going to win? How do you know who's going to win? He said, the two dogs fighting, the one that's going to win is the one you feed. That's the stronger of the two. Okay, so it's hard enough dealing with the devil warring for control of our minds within our heads. We also got to deal with the spiritual war between good and evil that is taking place all around us. I'm talking about an invisible, invisible war that leaves many casualties in its wake, especially those that do not believe that there is a real devil lurking around seeking whom he may catch off guard and destroy. Wow. Truth is, Satan hates mankind. Satan hates us because we are made in the image and likeness of our almighty God. And he knows he is limited. He has a short time, and he knows that the human soul is the only way he can really hurt or get to God, if he would. This invisible war is real. Uh, if you was to look at Ephesians, actually, you know what? Hold on a minute, my friends. I should be prepared. Wasn't going to do this, but I... Uh, I actually think I do want to jump in here real quick. Uh, Ephesians 6. I'm going to read you something out of Ephesians 6 here. It's called preparation, my friends. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And uh, most of us probably know this. Anyway, it's about the armor of the Lord. Well, anyway, let me read this. Ephesians 6, 10 through 14. 10 through 18 is what I'm going to go with. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand it in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your, your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is of, this, of, of God, praying always with the prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all the preservation and supplication for all the saints. I think I'll stop right there. That's good enough. See, we're all going to discover in this message here that our weapons may not be visible, but, but, but are powerful in pulling down the strongholds in our life, including kind of arresting the devil and placing him where he belongs, and that is under our feet. According to Paul, this is not a physical battle with, with people, but a battle against the evil, the, the, the unseen forces that are surrounding this world. Hmm. The truth is, we speak about things which, which cannot be seen, heard, touched by our five senses, but... But most people tend to view them as lower level of reality to the visible world around us. See, but to those of us who have experienced firsthand these forces of evil, take heed, my friends. Take, take it to heart. Verse 11 says, which instruct us to put on the whole armor of God. And that consists of the seven pieces of armor for our spiritual life against Satan who seeks to destroy us. See, the first Peter 5, I think it's verse 8, it says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Hmm. 
Peter describes Satan as a roaring lion seeking to de destroy our walk with, 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 uh, with God. See, the, the, the devil, he, he, he's great at bringing things our way to cause us to stumble. See, if we give him a crack in the door, if you would, at the, the smallest opening, he'll push his way in and he'll destroy our faith and take away our credibility in the presence of, of other believers. Understand, my friends, people are not our enemy. God is calling us to engage Satan in spiritual warfare with weapons that are not of this world, nor can they be seen. See, I assure you that they are effective in pulling down his strongholds in our life and even in our ministries, if you would. But I believe that many, many churches today must have misunderstood Paul when he stated, actually he stated in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, he said, fought, he fought the good fight because he's not looked good to sinners. When, 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 see, I mean, uh, when church leaders are fighting amongst themselves, I, I I think that's kind of what, what, I, what I was, I don't know, that's what's being put on my heart today. I think there's so much dissension between churches, whether it be territorial, whether it be theological, doctrinal, our different beliefs, whatever. But when we're fighting amongst ourselves, amongst, even within our own same uh, 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 denominations, our own same organizations, Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 tells us, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down Im imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then and Paul speaks actually in 1 Timothy, uh, Timothy 6, 12, he says about fighting the good fight of faith that he may lay hold on the eternal life. And then again, we see it in Jude. I think it was uh, verse 3 in the first Jude there. It speaks about contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Therefore, did you know that we only have one offensive weapon in our armor? And that weapon is called the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God. You know, we read that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the di dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Word, see, it also informs us that, that, that we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes and devices as he, uh, as he continues to declare that there no advantage may be gained over us by Satan and his followers. See, understand... For us to be successful in the spiritual battle, for our souls, we must know the strategy of the enemy, including the three methods of attack that, that he likes to use. Now, the first one is temptation. Satan is described in the word as our adversary, the, the accuser of the brethren. Therefore, if slander and accusation is going on in the church, there is a good chance you know who is behind it, and you need to cut it off at the source, if you would. There are three names which describe him well, and they can be found in the Word of God. First name and method of attack he uses against us is the tempter. We can better understand this by doing a study on how he's tempted Eve in the garden, how he tempted Christ in the wilderness, or better understand his role as a tempter by reading what, what Paul had said about having a desire to know the faith of those who would be, be laboring with least of his labor be in vain. You know, you... Friends, you do realize sin starts with a small temptation. 
And it is when we, we open our mind to dwell on it. it. It allows him to have peace, peace in our heart. Therefore, the bottom line to temptation would be if you give him an inch, man, he, he's going to take, well, he'll become your ruler, put it that way. Second method of attack would be labeling him as the great deceiver. Because his purpose is to trick us like he's successfully did Eve and to believe in false truth, trying to make us believe that God is holding back from us. Was it 2 Corinthians 11? I think it's verse 15 states that he can transform or disguise himself into an angel of light. See, friends, it's easy to recognize him when, when he, he approaches us with temptation, but when he comes as the deceiver, he's able to hide himself, and it's not easily recognized. See, therefore, we must engage him with the leading and the help of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me there? we got to engage him with the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, another method he uses uh, against us is the accuser of the brethren. And sadly, the truth is, he's in the churches today. He loves to get Christian brothers and sisters to accuse one another as he, as he sows suspicion, if you would. He brings distrust and fault-finding among us and an intent of bringing suspicion against the leadership, ministry leaders and teachers, even brothers and sisters on either side of you. His goal is to cause the church to split, leaving people hurt. But some hurt so severely, never, they never darken the church door again. Hmm. My friends, I tell you, it's time we wake up and realize that we're at, the, we're, we're, we're at a war. We're at war. And that Satan hates us because we are, in the, we are made in the likeness of our almighty God. But see, the good news is we have an advocate that, uh, representing us before the courts of heaven, if you would. He's better than Matlock. You know I'm old, you know Matlock. And, and he's never lost a case or a battle. Therefore, with that said, may we honor the Son of God who, who, who has been made both Lord and Christ as this great, wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Friends, the attacks on our faith are designed to conform us into the image of God's Son making us to become humble servants because they teach us to learn how to apply the truth of God's word in greater ways to our situations. See, we got to understand, some are watching us go through what we are going through, okay? If the truth be known, we would discover that they are receiving their breakthrough by watching us persevere and not giving up. Got to stay focused. We got to stay strong. Never give up. These trials in life we face will shape us to become men and women of God who will appreciate, including having a deeper understanding of the spiritual battle around us. And how important is that? Is that we understand the meaning when Jesus says, it is finished. Friends, we are, we are to fight our battle from the side of the victory that has already been won. Amen? We're not fighting for, we're fighting from a victory. See, when God raised Christ from the dead, our... Far above all principality, might, uh, might, and uh, dominion, the word tells us he gave him a name above every name. This making him, Christ, head of all things, and us, meaning the church, the people, the body, declaring him to be recognized as both Lord and Christ. Wow. You know, and 
I'm reminded of an event that took place in history where Alexander the Great sent men into a Jewish nation asking for assistance and needing supplies if he would and need them for his army. The Jewish leaders turned down Rome's request. This upset him a little bit, if you would, so he, he assembled his army against him. But the priests went out to meet him, dressed in their, their, their priestly garments. And when he saw them, God touched his heart and caused him to give them favor. History has a way to show that God has a way of preserving his church. So we are more than conquerors, my friends. We are overcomers. Overcoming Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. My friends, I'm going to close here by just saying this real simple. I want you to stay firm, and I want you to stay focused. Hey, bye for now.